Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, Vicki and I share how failure is never failure if we're obedient to God. We'll share a biblical perspective as well as some stories from our experiences that will encourage you. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Prayer Life Podcast, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you guys who share this podcast with your friends and with your family. We um, certainly would love to hear some feedback from you guys as well. If you want to shoot me an email, dparks at citiesforlife.com or her, vcassiorg at citiesforlife.com. We'd love to hear from you what you think about the podcast, if you have any ideas for um, episodes coming up. We have some episodes that are that are going to be a real blessing to you guys. This episode, we hope, will be a blessing, but... In the next couple of weeks, we're going to do an episode about sex trafficking and how the issue of sex trafficking ties into the issue of abortion. And then we're going to have a good friend of ours, Cheryl Chandler, on to talk about her ministry. She does baby showers for moms that choose life. And also, she's been involved in pro-life ministry for 30-plus years. So she'll give us, uh, I think, a lot of insights on ministry and how to be effective. So uh, make sure you guys tune in for those in the coming weeks. But we're going to jump into a subject today that as sidewalk counselors, I think we all have dealt with and deal with on a regular basis. If you're on the sidewalk, maybe if you're in a pregnancy, well, I know if you're in a pregnancy center, any really, any realm of ministry, Mm -hmm. you're going to deal with the issue of uh, feeling like you're a failure. (laughs) We've talked about discouragement. We've talked about burnout and all that sort of thing. And this sort of speaks to some of those same points. But I think in this episode, we're going to give you some encouragement and share some stories with you yeah. about what God can do, even when we might feel like a failure, like we're not doing what God's called us to do because we don't see any fruit. God's doing stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit, Vicky, before we get into some of the stories. We're going to get into the biblical story of Joseph. Right. But let's just talk practically. Yeah. What, what are some of the emotions come with feeling like you're a failure? You're out there on the sidewalk. Yeah. You haven't seen any interactions or had uh, maybe even seen any visible outward fruit. Yeah. That, that doesn't feel great. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we we talk with sidewalk missionaries from all over the nation through regular contact now to be encouragers. And one of, I think, the most common down that they feel is when they don't see saves. They don't see saved babies. Or they'll say they have poured everything they have into a woman and the woman chooses to abort anyway. It is so discouraging, and we are all questioning ourselves at those times. We're saying, what did we do wrong? It's almost impossible not to personalize it. What did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? What could I or should I have said or done differently? And you second guess, and you think, and it can become severe enough, and I've heard it, where people say, I am not cut out for this. I, God is not using me. I'm not meant to be a sidewalk counselor. I need to quit and go, you know, I don't know, do something else. But yeah. this is not for me. So it can be really severe. The re- emotional response can be pretty severe. And we feel like a failure. Yeah. We have let down ourselves. We've let down our fellow counselors. We've let down the mother. We've let down the baby. And we've let down God. I think 
all of us have been there. Yeah. At to some degree or another, at some point or another. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But of course, in a biblical perspective, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we always say is that our victory is in obedience. Right. That's where the victory is found. We're not called to save babies. Mm-hmm. We're not called to get people saved. We're called to be obedient to God. And within that comes the fruit of babies will be saved and the gospel is going to go forth and people are going to turn to the Lord. But even if we don't see those things happening, because there are days and there are weeks and there are scenarios in which you don't see any real outward fruit. And so, like you said, you feel like a failure. You feel like Mm -hmm. you've let everybody down. You've Mm -hmm. let even the Lord down. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the Bible tells us God sees the heart. God Mm -hmm. looks at the heart. And that kind of brings me to the story of Joseph, and you guys know well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recap that story completely, but you guys know Joseph got a dream from the Lord. He had a calling. He had a vision from God. Ultimately, his brothers and even his father and mother were gonna look to him mm-hmm. for provision. They were gonna bow down to him in that yeah. dream, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you haven't watched the movie Joseph King of Dreams. You know the movie I'm talking about? It's a no, DreamWorks. It a it's like a cartoon. Tale? No, okay. it's not a veggie tale. It's a, it's a cartoon. It's like the Prince of Egypt movie. You ever watched okay. that? No, about no, Moses? Oh, awesome. Two, two of my favorite movies. Okay. Watch that movie. It's really good. It's not okay. exactly a line in line with the biblical text, but uh-huh. pretty much. Okay. Anyway, that was a little, little rabbit tra- trail okay. for you guys. <laughs> but Joseph's story is one of apparent failure failure after right? failure after failure yeah he had a vision from the lord and many yeah. of you guys you feel called to be out there on the sidewalk and certainly mm-hmm. you are we are called to be out there and mm-hmm. to be a voice for those babies um just like joseph called to be at least in some position i guess he didn't really know exactly what when the lord gave him the dream but he knew he was supposed to be in some position of authority and, right. and ultimately to help people but people um, were going to bow down to him, respect him, follow him. He was the leader, and yeah. and, and what happens to him? So he ends up <laughs> uh-huh. as a slave in Potiphar's right. house. Right. Well, first of all, his brothers try to kill him, and they throw him yeah. in the well. And then which they is, then, then they fun. decide, no, we're not going to kill him. We'll throw him in the well. And then, yeah, then he sold as a slave. Yeah, so he ends up in Potiphar's house, and he does well there, and mm-hmm. is faithful there, mm-hmm. and um, gets a pretty good position in Potiphar's house. But then he's set up or at least lied on by Potiphar's wife, he ends right. up in jail, yeah. in a dungeon, I would say. Yeah. And uh, he's got this promise from the Lord. He's got this this uh, promise of success, and yet there he is in a dungeon as a failure. For at least two years. According to the For world. over two years. Yeah, he's, good, he's in a good jail. while. Yeah. yeah. So according to the world's standards, he was a failure. Again. <laughs> However, we know the story, right? The Lord set things up where ultimately he's second in command to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. This this what was apparently a failure to him ultimately is what the Lord used to propel him to that position. Had he mm-hmm. not been there in prison, he would not have been exposed to the butler and the baker, who ultimately um, was the butler that told, or the cupbearer of Pharaoh, was the one that told Pharaoh about Joseph and the interpretation of the dreams and all of that. Um, so, so that cupbearer was apparently watching Joseph during this time in jail, taking note of something about Joseph that he was willing then to to recommend Joseph to Pharaoh. And I think that's an important little side point. Yeah. He, Joseph's being watched while he's in these terrible situations. Absolutely. And, of course, that reminds me of a principle, again, that we teach with our sidewalk counselors, is the principle of that we're not really out there primarily for the babies or for the women. Right. We're out there for the Lord. Yeah. 
the Lord looks at what we're doing. He looks at our faithfulness. He sees mm-hmm. us day in and day out, serving in some, some pretty brutal conditions. Not just weather conditions, but, you know, opposition. Um, people come call you all kinds of names. You're trying to humbly serve the Lord, and people are even passing by, yeah. maybe giving you the middle finger. Some of you guys experienced yeah. that. Today I got shoved out of the way by a, what, 200-pound guy who was very angry because yeah. he didn't want me to talk to the women. Right. Yeah. So there's that, and it's yeah. easy to get discouraged. We have to yeah. remember we're doing this as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we're always going to be victor- victorious. We're not going to be failures if we're doing it as unto the Lord. But it is easy, and you can imagine... The feelings that Joseph had while he was there in that dungeon. Here he has this promise from God, and uh, he's got this call from God. And you guys on the sidewalk, you've got this call from the Lord. You're mm-hmm. you're out there because you feel the Lord has burdened you with this call, but you feel like in one sense you're in a dungeon. Yeah. You're at a place of darkness and death, at a place of apparent failure, yeah, but the Lord be- sees the faithfulness. And it would be so easy for him during that time period to have become very discouraged. I And I don't think the Bible really addresses that. I don't know if he did. It doesn't seem like he did, right? It certainly isn't talked about right. that he was discouraged or that he he said, oh man, maybe that maybe I misinterpreted that dream or I really can't wait to get back at my brothers for what they did to me. Look at this terrible sequence of events that they began. Yeah. And, or, you know, and what am I doing here in jail yeah. when God promised me so much Else. Yeah, and I think you'd have to believe, just at least from a human perspective, that Joseph certainly dealt with those feelings. You would feelings. have to think, yeah. And I would you know, tend to believe that that's the case. Yeah. If you, if you make a comparison there, here's a man in a dungeon, and here we are on a sidewalk in America with a lot of freedoms and, and, and all of that. Not really a great not, comparison. Not really a great but comparison, <laughs> but it sort of brings to mind this idea again that we need to be faithful to the Lord, mm-hmm. that we're not failures as long as we're doing what we do as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So Joseph's story is one, and it's a story maybe we look at as just kind of a, a disconnected story. It's something that, yeah, we can relate to, but maybe not directly in our modern context. Yeah. But I want you to share real yeah. quick the story that you shared. We shared it on our Facebook, uh, Cities for Life, um, Charlotte Facebook, of the custodian here locally yeah. that had, yeah. I mean, not an exactly similar, but here's yeah. a man that's faithful, that's doing what he's right. doing unto the Lord, and the Lord uses right. it. Right. Well, and, and I didn't share the whole story because it was kind of a long story, but it's well worth, worth sharing. Um, so this custodian had come to the Love Life Prayer Walks, which are churches gathering and praying and marching around the circle loop that the abortion center is on. And so they knew of Love Life and they and the resources that Love Life provided, and they knew of the sidewalk counselors. He had seen them. Okay. He had seen us in front of the abortion center. So the custodian had served many long years, his entire life as a custodian, faithfully, and it's time to retire. So he had retired. And... He discovered while in retirement, just as he's starting retirement, that there's a glitch in the pension. I didn't quite understand that part of the story, but for whatever reason, he had to come out of retirement for one month. Wow. For just one month, he had to go back to work. Now imagine that. Yeah, that, total that's bummer. That's a bit of a right? bummer. You probably got plans. <laughs> Maybe you and your wife are going to go on yeah. a, a vacation somewhere oh, they had, or extended yeah. like 
I don't know, trip out west or right, something like right, that. Just reconnect with his wife yeah. and, and enjoy life and finally sit back. And custodial work is not easy work. Oh, On top of it, it's not glamorous work. I imagine it was hard in many ways to be yeah. a custodian. Humble work. Yeah. So so the, the but the custodian goes back to work. And in that month, he was cleaning a new school personnel. I'm not going to tell you what her job was, but she worked at a school. And he, his job was to clean her office. So he just meets her in that month. Now, apparently, during that month, this God-fearing, godly man who has faced now, in a sense, failure, disappointment at the very Certainly. least. He's backed. <laughs> I know. If back. I was retired and I had to come out of retirement right, for, for to like do, one day, I would be totally exactly, bummed. Exactly. And he's got to do it for a month. And, but, but apparently, he did his work in such a manner that the the woman, the school uh, employee, knew that he was a Christian yeah. or suspected because she finds herself now suddenly in, after a month of the custodian cleaning her office, she finds out that she is pregnant, an unexpected pregnancy and actually really bad circumstances. Yeah. And she doesn't know what to do. She knows that she cannot have this baby she knows she has to abort. That's, that's what she's feeling. There is no other option but to abort this child. But there's a piece of her that knows maybe that's not the only answer. Yeah. Maybe it's not the best answer. So she goes into work, and the custodian is there as she finishes her day. And she says, hey, would, let me ask you, are you a Christian? And he said, well, yes. And she said, because I really need, I need to talk to someone who knows God. She didn't know God. Yeah. She was not a believer. And yet she knew that she needed to talk to someone who was. And the person that she chooses to talk to is just as God would have it. Yeah. This man who was only there because he had been called into an apparent failure out of retirement to for a month to clean her office. Yeah. And he's there at the exact appointed time yeah. that God has appointed. Yeah. And That's so the the custodian then um, listens to her story and he said he was way out of his league. Right. He, he did not feel at all equipped. He he said when later I spoke with him and and he told me I had no idea what to tell her. She had significant issues. I just didn't know what to do. So I prayed. First of all, I took her out into the beautiful day and I said, do you see that sun? Do you see that light that the sun is casting? That's where you need to be. You need to be in the light, not in darkness. And I can point you to people who can lead you to that light. Yeah. And so um, he prayed with her and then told her about Love Life Charlotte and then told her about these sidewalk counselors who help women in in dire situations like hers and he asked if it would be okay if one of those sidewalk counselors called him called her and he contacted love life who then contacted me and i called her and ultimately we had a huge long discussion about god uh and about her circumstances she I shared the gospel as I do with everyone when I'm given the opportunity. She came to the Lord, and when I finished sharing the gospel, I said, well, now could you still consider 
killing your baby now that you've asked Jesus to be Lord of your life? And she said, no, she could not. And so she chose life yeah. as well. And it was only it was only later that, and I don't even remember the kind of miraculous circumstances where I met the counselor. I, I'm sorry, the custodian, and and he told me the background of the story, which made it even more miraculous. And it just made me think uh, a couple of things. Number one, when God has called us to whatever situation he's called us, and it may seem like a failing situation, a situation we just really do not want to be in. But if he's calling us there, first of all, go. Yeah. Go where he's calling you like the custodian did. He went. Yeah. He he went back and 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 God had a divine appointment for him. But the second I think major point which I think is a major point for me in the Joseph story is people are watching. Yeah. People are watching us perhaps more strongly uh in the periods of time when we're facing grave disappointment or failure. They're watching us, and they're watching our walk with God, particularly. Joseph, in the story, I read nowhere that Joseph ever abandoned God or his faith in God. He seems to have, in fact, when he's asked to interpret the dreams, he shows a marked change in his character. He doesn't take the glory like he kind of did, kind of lorded it over his brothers when he said, you're going to bow down to me in the original dream. But now he says, I can't. I can't interpret your dream, but my God can. So he he gives God the glory. So in this time of apparent failure and testing, he has come to a greater understanding of who God is and a greater understanding of his own lack of strength and the need to rely on God's strength. And people are watching him. Those people in prison, Potiphar was watching him. The people in prison were watching him. And just as that woman was watching the custodian, God ultimately is glorified. His purposes are realized, and there's victory. And I think that's a just such an encouragement to us as sidewalk counselors yeah. because we were also being watched in that story. This man, this custodian, doing the prayer walk, saw us— and knew, look at those people. They know what to do. I don't know what to do, but they, they do. They're trained. Yeah. And and he saw us in action as he's doing the prayer walk, and it was us that he called. Yeah. Yeah, and that speaks again to this faithfulness unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. That we do what we do, not for ourselves, not for our own glory. We certainly don't do it to try to earn favor with God. I mean, we're accused right. of that by some folks that you're out here to, you know, from the pro-abortion people, you're out here right. to try to make yourself feel better. You're yeah. out here to try to earn points with God. It's like, no, yeah. God has already given us all the points he can give us mm-hmm. in that he gave us Jesus to be our salvation. Yeah. We're out there out of love toward him. Right. And so when we're faithful toward him, God will see to it that our faithfulness is seen by others and I would say even even if we don't find out about it, this is a promise that I always make. Right. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say this a lot, mm-hmm. that if you are out there at an abortion center, if you are faithful to be out there, I can mm-hmm. make two promises. God will use you to save babies. Right. His word doesn't return void. And whether you find out about it or not, God is using your witness, your testimony to be out there and just your presence out there to save babies. Yeah. And you're going to grow in areas of your life that you might not otherwise, actually, you definitely, I would say, won't otherwise grow. And one of those areas is one of faithfulness. 
The Bible says, it's in Proverbs 20, I think it's verse 6. It says, each man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who could find. God is looking for faithful people. Jesus Mm -hmm. says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Mm -hmm. Is he going to find faithful people? Mm -hmm. As he looks in your city, wherever you are, across the United States or across the world, is God looking in your city, and is he finding faithful people? Are you faithful to do what God has called you to do, to be where God has called you to be? Because if you are, just like that custodian, yeah. Just like Vicky, who's faithful to be out there on the sidewalk. Yeah. If you're faithful, God is going to use you. Yeah. I'm going to read a scripture here. This is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, and then I'm going to jump to verse 23 um, because these two scriptures are tied in together. Okay. And if you guys have an opportunity to just read the whole book of Colossians, it's pretty okay. short. It's it's a good book. Yeah. But Colossians chapter 3 speaks similarly to kind of what we're talking about. In 17, uh, 317, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And skipping on to verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Yeah. And it goes on in verse 24. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Mm. So, again, this puts things in its proper perspective. Mm-hmm. That we're not serving those babies and those mothers primarily. We're mm-hmm. serving the Lord. We're right. serving God. Now, because, like we often say, we have to love God first, and then we can love our neighbor. Because we're serving the Lord, we're serving those babies. But he's primary. He's the focus. Yeah. Our faithfulness is to him. We serve yeah. the Lord Christ, like it says, the Lord Jesus. And so that's what that custodian was doing. That's right. And Being it, faithful to the Lord. Yeah, and I think it it helps us to reframe the whole idea of failure. Yeah. There is no failure in the Lord, there really is not. Whatever he has brought you to, there is a purpose to it. Yeah. And if you are truly working as to the Lord and not to men, you cannot fail. It may feel like failure by worldly standards, maybe it is, but not by God's standards. Yeah. Yeah, by absolutely. God's standards, you're in that place for a reason, and even those whatever terrible circumstances you're facing yeah. for a reason. Well, that sort of speaks to... Just our experiences out there on the sidewalk, you know, we've been, and I say it's all by God's grace that I've been able to be out there for going, well, actually a little over 15 years, just being out there consistently. And uh, our team's been out there for over 10 years, individuals just reaching out. And we've really, for lack of a better term, planted our roots deep there at the abortion center, actually right down the road from here, not not too far from our office here. And uh, we have, on a regular basis... Women come. who mm-hmm. They're not coming to the abortion center. Actually, they're coming to us because we helped a friend of theirs right. over yeah. the years. Or we yeah. helped them over the years. And they got in a, in a difficult situation. Our desire is, of course, to break that cycle of sin and destruction. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes that cycle is not broken immediately. When they choose life for their, their baby, they get caught in another situation. Yeah, We are thankful, however, that they've observed our faithfulness in such a way that rather than going to the abortion center, they actually come to us. They come to the mobile unit. Or they just come and say, hey, I know you guys helped me before. Will you help me again? Yep, yeah. And even to the point where we've had, and maybe you can recall this story, maybe share a little bit more that I'm sharing, uh-huh. but we've had people that work inside the abortion center right. who hate us yes. until they realize that they need us. Right? Yes. We've yeah. even had people who are very close to some of the directors and some of the administrative folks come out to us mm-hmm. because 
they knew that we could help them. Right. Because they were in a difficult pregnancy situation. Yeah. And they didn't want to have an abortion, even though they worked for the abortion center. Actually, reach out to us. You you want to recount right. any of that? Right. Um, I I remember one story where uh, I do remember some, and some of them we actually are not allowed because of sure. the laws to to tell who they were. But like you said, they were pretty high up there, and um and they came aboard the uh the mobile ultrasound unit, and we were just all like our eyes popping open, like why did you come to us? I thought you hated our guts. But I I do know of an another story where um an abortion worker she I think she was a nurse in in the abortion center and it was in the past seven years that I've been out there I don't know exactly when but where she had a woman who clearly just was so conflicted to the point that this worker told her look honey you you obviously don't want an abortion there are people that will help you go out and talk to those people on the sidewalk that's the abortion center yeah. telling, I'm sure if anyone knew she had said that, they would have fired her. I'm sure. If the people of management. But um, but so our our actions speak louder than anything. We are there helping and, and people are watching us, yeah. are watching us do that. So there's a second story. I don't know if we have time for me to tell yeah, the, yeah. the story. Uh, very similar theme that happened again within just the past three days, which is why this... Are we really failing? When we think we're failing, are we really failing? And 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 our our answer is no. But this was a day that it felt like failure. We'd been out there, hot day, tons and tons of antagonism and, and opposition, no apparent baby saved. We're cleaning up, we're packing all of our stuff away, feeling a little you can't help it. No matter yeah. how many times we tell you, it's okay. We're there for the Lord. You do feel deflated yeah. when you haven't seen any apparent fruit and uh, a policeman comes and comes to me because I was still there again it wasn't he would have come to any of us but I just happened to be the one that was still there yeah and and he said hey we've we've got a mom at the police station pretty desperate situation she left the abortion center and uh would you guys come talk to her yeah so what's interesting first they didn't go to the abortion center right. and say, would, would you go talk to this distraught woman that you have made so, so distraught, and would you help her? They didn't go to the pro-choice crowd who claims that we hate women, and they're the ones that are there helping women. Well, why didn't they go to then to those people that are supposedly helping women? They didn't even use their own police resources. They're the cops. Why didn't they help yeah. the woman? They came to us. They didn't go to city council. Yeah. Who, who has passed many laws hindering our ability to help these women? They came to us, yeah, and we dropped everything. Um, I I went zipping over to the police station, and this woman was again. She had been very very terrible. She had been tricked into going to the abortion center. She didn't know it was an abortion center. Her mother had woken her up early in the morning, driven three hours to bring her to the abortion center, telling her she was going to a doctor appointment. And then the mother dropped her with the name of a counselor that she was supposed to go look for in the abortion center. Again, the girl doesn't know why she's there. She yeah. walks in, quickly figures out it's an abortion center. And she believed very strongly abortion was wrong. Yeah. And she did not want to get this abortion. So she goes running out, and her mother is gone. Wow. Her mother has left with the car is gone. The mother's gone. The mother's not answering the phone. 
all the girl had on her was her phone and a charger. No money. She did have her ID. No car. She's, she is abandoned three hours from home. And clearly, I think she probably got a hold of the mother enough to say, I'm not going to do it. And that's when the mother just said, basically, you're on your own. Yeah. Wow. So um, so we, we got her a free ultrasound. We got her lunch. We uh, we shared the gospel with her. She was, I, honestly, So I she ended she, up, just to, to kind of just wheel it back real quick, yeah. she was not at the Latrobe Abortion Center, but no. she was at another abortion another center. Another abortion center around the corner. Yeah, and there's Latrobe. a police station not far from there. So right. apparently she either walked to the police station. Yeah, she called the police called and them. said, yeah. what do I do? They gave her directions and said, come to the police station, and we think we know some people that can help you. Yeah. And that's when they came and got us. And and we, um, I, I was going on a long trip the next day, and I didn't relish the idea of a six-hour round-trip drive, but I would. I yeah. would have, as would, I think, any one of, of our counselors had they been faced with the same situation. But it just happened the nurse's son, was who did the ultrasound for her, was going to be driving to her city that very day, yeah. as God would have it. Yeah. Again, That's a miracle amazing. of God providing. And so we got this girl home. We got her lunch. We got her help. We're going to be helping with the baby shower. We, we've connected her already with counseling services and with mentorship services in her city. But the, the main point of that story is that we were being watched. Yeah. During all these apparent failures— the police out there, they see us a lot. Yeah. They're out there a lot. And, and some of them don't particularly like us they, either. They don't. And that was why this was almost shocking. Yeah. That, But who did they decide to go to? They've seen us in failure because yeah. there is a, most most people do abort. Um, so it does feel like failure after failure. They have observed us. But what they have observed is that we are faithful, yeah. that we're always there that we do what we say, yeah. that we love the Lord, and that we were the ones that they went to get help for this woman. So that the apparent failure of that day or of the whole year or all the years that the police have been watching us, when women by the droves still go into abort, maybe it's not failure. Maybe it's it's God allowing people to see, my people will stand in the gap for me no matter what, yeah. No matter what they face, yeah. And we're not pretending that it's at all easy. Oh no, day in and day out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, y- you know, you may look those who are doing sidewalk counseling nationally, and maybe you've looked on our Facebook page and some of our blog posts and that sort of thing, and, and you've saw some of the fruit. And certainly, God by His mercy, yeah, we see babies saved on a regular basis. We do, yeah. But if you look at the volume of babies that are being killed inside of that abortion center and compare it to the volume of babies that are saved, if you did like a, a ratio analysis, the the vast majority are killing their children. That's right. The vast majority of those that we reach out to, you might look at it and say, just you guys are failures. Yeah. The reality is, though, we're not if we're faithful to the Lord. And it's not just because we have these numbers of babies that were saved or whatever. Yeah. It's because we're faithful to the Lord. We're faithful to do what he's called us to do. So this is an encouragement to you guys. Continue to be faithful. Continue to do what God has called you to do. And God is going to position you to be used in some of these ways. You're going to have stories to tell of what God has done. And uh, your faithfulness is not overlooked, first and foremost, by the Lord. Right. But also 
by other people who are observing, mm-hmm. by other people who are even maybe opposition people mm-hmm. from the outside looking in. I mean, I've even had some of our pro-abortion opposition people say, I know you guys aren't going away because, you know, some of them, they're out there to try to get us to go away from that abortion center. And yeah. I tell them, hey, until this place is closed, we're going to be here. Which reminds <laughs> and many me. many of them of- recognize, yeah, we know that. Right. So even they might see our faithfulness and maybe it'll turn their heart. And I have another story that that it's a quick one, but one of the most, we've got this new crop of of pro-abortion people who really are um, very difficult and very, very adversarial. But one of them came to one of our other counselors and told her about a friend of hers who was in a very difficult situation and in a mocking tone said, are you going to help her? And we said, yes. Yeah, and we course. did. And we did. Yeah. So they even knew, I think initially it was sort of mocking. But then I was the one that actually got called to, to help this friend. And we actually had then another counselor be the one that, that contacted that friend. But I went to her like a couple of days later and said, you're the one that referred your friend, right? And she, she said, yes. And I said, well, I want you to know we, we've met, had several calls and, and we are helping her. And she was genuinely... I think surprised, but grateful. So again, here, you know, where you least expect it, people watching and noticing, and even your enemies can become your cheering squad yeah, <laughs> because you're helping happen. them. Yeah, but it all comes in faithfulness to the Lord. It does. So our it faithfulness does. is never failure. Yeah. As long as our faithfulness is unto the Lord. Right. Right. So I yeah. hope this podcast was an encouragement to you guys. Hope all of our podcasts are. We again, like I started out, like to hear some feedback from you guys, some ideas for further episodes that would be a blessing to y'all. Um, you can reach out to me at dparks at citiesforlife dot com, her vcasiorg at citiesforlife dot com. Also, check out our Sidewalks for Life website, sidewalks the number four life dot com, where we put out articles on a regular basis, almost a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Of some, and mainly it's Vicky writing these articles because she can write an article in like you know <laughs> a third of the time that it takes me to write an article. Um, these articles are supposed to be an encouragement to you guys, and we hope that they are dealing with all kinds of subjects, but focused around sidewalk counseling. So check that out, share that, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. So until next time, God bless. God bless y'all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you